everyone. This is your girl, Jamise. And this is your boy, Khalif. How's everybody doing out there when you're listening? So I think there will be a date on this podcast, but I actually forgot the exact date. Oh, no, I didn't forget. It was Thursday, September 12th, was the first Democratic debate that I have watched. We are still a little over a year away from the big 2020 election. Twitter, Twitter. All right, so that's so today's focus is going to be about that debate, which took place in the great and awesome city of Houston, Texas, which is Khalif and I's. It's our own hometown, so shout out. And to TSU, Texas Southern University, home of Third Good Mr. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Third Good Marshall. For those of you who don't know, uh, TSU, although the university has been around for a long time, their law school was built specifically for the one student, Thurgood Marshall, because he could not attend segregated uh, law schools in Texas at the time. So TSU has a long history of uplifting, uplifting excuse me, people of color, and so it's a pretty cool, cool place to have that debate when you can see on the debate stage all the ethnic, you know, variety and backgrounds that represented on the Democratic side. So it was pretty cool. Oh, yes, it was pretty cool. And you kind of shocked me a little bit. I shocked you? Yes, you did. How did I shock you? Because you clowned me. When, about what? Oh, because I was like, there's a gay dude running? Oh, yes. Before we get started, I should run down because now we know. We, we're we not officially narrowed down to 10, but so far, like, to get into this debate, you had to be, you had to follow all these rules, be like a top contender, have unique donors, blaza blaza. So these were the 10 that were there on Thursday. Okay. So we had Amy Klobuchar. Yes. She's from Minnesota. We had Joe Biden. You guys remember Joe, Barack Obama's VP. Good old Joe. We have Kamala Harris out of California, Senator. We have Cory Booker, also a senator, but from New Jersey. Pete Buttigieg, which is the gay mayor from Indiana. I'm only saying gay because that was a thing that um, uh, Khalif was shocked about. Okay, but he also is a wait, Catholic. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, let me, let me, let me, I'm not let me shocked. I said surprise. Let me explain, <laughs> people. It wasn't that like, oh, like, oh, he's gay is the shocking part. I was just kind of like, oh, openly gay running. That's fine. And I was kind of like, whoa, it, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, but not only that, he's also an Afghani war veteran. He's a millennial. I think he's only 37 years old. Yeah, one of the young ones. And he's ones. a Catholic. So he's, he's a good boy. He, he's, he's a good old boy. Well, not old, of course. <laughs> but, you know, he, he checks a lot of those kinds of boxes. Then we also have um, Elizabeth Warren, who's also a senator from Massachusetts. I love her. Beto O'Rourke, who ran for Senate of Texas, but he didn't make it, but he was a congressman from Texas, from El Paso. Beto, whoop, whoop. Uh, Bernie Sanders, you remember he contended with Hillary about four years ago. Oh, no, not four years ago. Bernie's. Three years ago. Uh, also, another senator, but from Vermont. Uh, Julian Castro, almost said Julian, excuse me. Julian Castro, he is a twin. He is a former mayor of San Antonio. And Andrew Yang, who I think out of all the people I listed, has not held a political position as of yet, but he is kind of like a venture capitalist. He gave a lot of seed money to new upstarts in California. He's a businessman. He's the guy who's given every, he wants to give the freedom dividend, which would be $1,000 a month to every working age American. And that gets a lot of applause usually. 
Okay, so that's the rundown of our top ten. I don't know. You're going to have to keep going with this one. What do you mean? No, no, that that's just their names <laughs> and like a little brief bio. So, okay, so the very first, the uh, debate opens up. They had all their opening statements. Kamala, you know, she kind of hit out at um, Donald Trump. So that was kind of exciting. So then we finally get to the very first topic they went to tackle was health care. Well, before we get started on this, I really just feel like they're out of touch. All of them? All of them. Out of touch with what do you mean? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I sound like I'm doing something for PBS. Yes. <laughs> that actually isn't set up, guys. We haven't practiced this at all. I just, when we watched the debates, we took notes. Um, and so I'm not really sure where Khalif is going with this. It's something in his notes. So go ahead. Oh, three, two, one, contact. <laughs> okay, that's PBS. a little before my time. I oh, don't know what you're referring to. All right. Well, basically, they're a little out of, con- out of, out of touch with the people. The reason why I say that because... This has been an ongoing thing since Donald Trump said, I will repeal the Affordable Care, the Health Care Act, whatever it's called, AAF, Obamacare. Why do you say this is out of touch with people, though? Well, here's the problem. Why are, we, why are politicians still trying to make decisions for people? You know, Pete Buttigieg actually brought that up, but health care has been proven again and again to be a very important and number one topic for Americans. I so know. how are they out of touch by discussing it? Because, okay, here it is. For those, uh, uh, correct me if I'm incorrect about this. I will, because I am studying this. I will correct okay, you. Okay, <laughs> so you got, you got health care, right? Yes. You got the Affordable Care Act. Yes. So there is a government option for people who do not have insurance, right? Only in some states. Certain states, because certain states also have their own kind of state government options which they think may be much better than the Affordable Care Act, right? Um, that's not necessarily – the Affordable Care Act does not provide for any um, d- state options. No, no, no. I'm saying but the states, they have their own, like, self, I guess, state-controlled health care. Not necessarily. Actually, how it works is that because the federal program is Medicare and Medicaid – each state is allotted an amount of money based on the citizens that they have, and they are they're given that, and they are able to determine who is eligible for Medicaid. Medicare is given to everybody regardless at 65 plus the disabled, but Medicaid is something that the states are able to take money, federal dollars to fund in their own state how they see fit. Some states have their own separate program. Some states just use the federal program. Some states don't take the money at all. So it is not uni- it's not a universal health that's what what they call about universal health care means that every American, no matter what state they live in, will be guaranteed the same access to health and coverage. Well I guess what I'm trying to say is that they're they keep talking about how the affordable or Healthcare is it's a, it's a it should be a right. Now the issue, if you're an ABOT, as I learned in my brief stand of unemployment, explain what ABOT means. Able-bodied, and you're working, and you have and you are provided insurance through your job. Why? And if you have options, why are people not reading and they're just signing up? Do they not understand how to pick and choose? the better coverage for them? Or is it something that they just don't want anyone to think about and they just be handed over something so they're no longer thinking about these things for themselves. They just want someone else to keep thinking for them. 
Yes, but that's not every candidate did not have that kind of stance. Like we know Bernie wants just Medicare for all. You don't have to think about it. You just enroll like we have similar in Canada. Um, and then we had Pete Buttigieg, which is like let people continue to make the choice. We can have a uh, government option, which a lot of the other candidates also support, which would be more universal, like Medic something like Medicaid they can opt into. Um, but Joe Biden made a comment. He said that no American should ever have to go bankrupt trying to uh, treat their cancer. But what I thought, this is going to sound really callous, I'd rather be bankrupted alive than dead. You know, like to me, I'm like, what dollar amount can you put on healing me? It's whatever. It might, but that's just my personal opinion. It financially ruins me, but I'm still alive. That means that, hey, I'm still here. Money well spent, in my opinion. So, but I do understand that a lot of people do face some crushing healthcare debt, and that's what I think they're trying to talk to. But Andrew Yang, I think, had the best solution for that because it's Freedom Dividend when. A person is given $1,000 guaranteed a month. They can use that to pay for their insurance premiums, to pay for their co-pays and things like that. So that gives, like, Khalif, what you're talking about, that gives them, like, the chance to be an adult and make their own decisions with how they'll spend that money. And that might be a better option. Well, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I'm going to use um, personal experience for this. As one of my colleagues told me, I can't always use personal experience to try to sway people. Kali told you. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm not getting into that. That's another podcast. For you mean like at work, can't don't use personal experience? No, I'm talking about friends. So a friend told you not to use personal experience yes. as persuasion. Like, But you're about to use a personal experience to try to persuade. Oh, you damn right. All right, then. <laughs> so, as I was saying, many, many moves ago, when I was doing tech support for another tech com uh, pharmaceutical company, I had to, it was enrollment time. And I had options, many options. And, you know, I just like many other Americans, I kind of did not know the plans as they were. You didn't understand them. And to be honest, a lot of the language is very convoluted. Like, and I just ended up choosing yeah, you just the stuff I knew. Like, I, right. I understood the alphabets of HMO, PPO. Right. But it's like, oh, you don't want to go with HMO. You might use PPO because a lot of people take PPO or something like that. Mm. So I just ended up going with that. But, you know, you were working for a insurance uh, enrollment counselor yeah yes. i was an enrollment counselor and right. you had me just read the different options yeah and because I, I did not get and so i realized by the just by reading mm -hmm. i was able to choose the right plan for me because at the time i did not get sick very much i right. rarely ever went to the hospital So the best thing for you was to choose the cheapest plan but also have a health savings account well, it was case. the cheapest. It was right. the cheapest, but it had like I think I had a five hundred to a thousand dollar deductible, somewhere within that range. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, the money that I that I put into it also earned interest. So then it still covered me for anything. Right. But as long as I kept putting that in, because I didn't go to the doc, I, I wasn't sick and I wasn't having right. You don't have any chronic illnesses. You're it, not expecting it, it to have me. a surgery anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm only using that as for an example. Many people don't read, and from what I hear from complaints, many and many Americans do not read right. the fine print, or they don't read what the options they do have. They just choose what is auditorily familiar. And if you struggle to understand, I mean, nowadays it's easier than it was. You know, you can research it online. 
or but back in the day and they still have them now you just call the phone number and talk to somebody because these people that's their job are, yeah it was our job we were very well informed and it was shocking that some of the clients who called had no idea their companies even offered them this that right. they had been automatically enrolled so um, as much as we try to villainize you know big organizations a lot of them are trying to take care of their employees their employees just are not taking that time because they're busy with whatever's going on in their lives but this is important this is sometimes for some people this is life and death so i do think that you take the time to read your options and that's and i mean i think that's the bottom line here for me that's why i feel like the those who are talking about this unless they're on the fence where i mean they're on the side where they say well people i still feel like people need the option to choose what is best for them and stop mm-hmm. trying to treat me as if I'm some infantile yeah. child who needs decisions made for him. Right. That's but why I feel like that's, that's being out of touch. Yeah, but it's actually not. A, a lot of Bernie, a lot of Americans are in support of what Bernie said because if you think about it, I'm gonna most it like of this. the world offers this automatically. So, I mean, not that their people are any less intelligent. It's just that that's one less thing to have to worry about. I call it laziness because in the act of democracy, a true – I mean, America is not a true democracy, people. So if if it was a true democracy, you would have to vote on every single aspect that happens in the government as a person. So since it's not a true democracy and we elect representatives to make those decisions for us, we therefore should be able to take some time to read a pamphlet on how to choose our health care. I'm just saying this, people. <laughs> I think Khalif is being too hard on people. I, no, I'm I, not. That's called, that's called logic. <laughs> I mean, and here we are. We are speaking from the benefit of never having to have dealt, I mean, not recently having to have dealt with this and living in countries that both offer I'm it. Sorry. I'm sorry. You, you live in a country that does have personal insurance yes we have a government option mm-hmm. and so and we but i'll that. admit we don't ever go we have never i uh, know i lie i went to the free clinic once i didn't like how i was treated but i was treated so it is what it is i mean and that's all i'm trying to say i'm not calling people dumb or i'm mostly just um lazy when it comes to knowledge well, but that's why they educate themselves and their elected officials. Those elected elected officials can make those decisions but, for I them, mean, they so they can to. get back to living their lives and take care but of their family. But that is living your life, choosing your own option. I mean, that's what happens when you're an adult, people. <laughs> when you're an adult, you put your pants on one one leg at a time. I think no children one comes put their in. pants on one leg at a nah, time. No, children. No, no, no. Children. No, no, no. Children. Children. I say children have people helping them put their pants on. Grown-ups put on their big boy pants and go to work. Children stay this at home in their pajamas. This is obviously a hot-button topic for Khalif. No, so it's he's, just, he's just advocating for more personal responsibility. Exactly. And there are some candidates who are also doing the same thing. And those so are the, the ones I respect. the topic they talked about was uh, the racial divide. Oh, Refresh my memory. You, you I wrote something down. Hold on, let me check. Okay, I'll I'll do the rundown. <clears throat> okay, I see. I use I use their their initials when oh, I was well, taking sorry. notes. I want to so, say this. Yes. Well, one thing. I'm tired of. I okay. First, I I I okay. I'm gonna use the wrong word. I don't want to say applaud. I feel bad for tragedy. 
I don't like it. We're, I don't support we're, it. We're going. We're we're at racial divide. The tragedy I comes next. It. I thought this was with it. Because no. the dude like, oh, what that like Latinos, you know, no. always say, okay, no, I'm jumping no. the gun. Sorry. The Latinos are not here yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I think he's imitating the guy from Telemundo. I'm not trying to imitate the guy, but he was just like, okay, no, 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 I'm not going to get into that. All right. The the racial divide. So Beto O'Rourke says that he is in support of reparations for the descendants of uh, African slaves. What do you feel about that? Wow, that's that's Just hard. A quick, a quick, you know, because he only had uh, 45 seconds to respond to this. So, Khalif, keep it to 45 seconds. No, no, no. I don't have a 45 second. I, I just, am I against it? Not really. But I mean, it's gonna be. You gotta prove it. I mean, you have to literally go back and prove that you, you were Uncle Nook Nook that was on Jebediah Springfield's plantation. It it won't be it actually won't be that hard to prove because um you know we were seen as property so uh people kept going to their property. I'm going to look at it like this. In my family, on my mother's side, it, I mean we go back. We go back, but I mean I don't know if we were slaves or not. I think we migrated to the country. I don't know because the story gets a little muddy. But um I mean you don't know but you could find but out. But my dad's side of the family um yes a lot um Mr. Temple was a free slave blah 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 yeah All right and then Julian Castro said that he would address it through um he had a police reform plan to just basically deal with um racism and bias in its face um any thoughts about that no, not really. I just didn't like Julian Castro. He was a he was a rude dick. Uh, yeah, and I think a lot of pundits have talked about this. He kind of went after Joe Biden pretty hard, and it was it was kind of nasty. And did a whole ageism an ageism thing. Yeah. Oh, what you don't remember what you said two minutes ago? Yeah, it came out really nasty. Real catty, real catty. But I understood what he's trying to do. Oh, of course, he's we trying to do the Trump. Joe. We gotta take no, down Joe. No, no, Joe not just take down the, Joe. The, the he's pulling out a Trump. Uh, Oh, not a Trump, a Trump card. A Trump card. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, well, let me talk about how little your hands is. Oh, sorry. Your hands are. So then I can make myself sound like I'm the big man. So making Joe sound like he has Alzheimer's because right. he's old. Right. Oh, and he's a younger dude. He's forgetful. Dude. He's right. forgetful. You're yeah. playing off that. But that's an ageism thing. I didn't like it one bit. That's why I, I asked him out. Anytime okay. he talk, I wanted to shut up. Okay. Well, Cory Booker, he said that racism, racism has been eroding the nation. Um, and he says he wants to also address the environmental injustice that is attached to that. I thought that was interesting because a lot of times people forget about that, and I'm glad that he brought that to the forefront because people still in Flint, Michigan, do not have fresh freaking water. It's ridiculous, and that is the racism. I mean, we have brown people, black and brown people, who can't even get clean water out of their faucets to bathe in, to cook food in. This is ridiculous. It's the United States of America. Um, Pete Buttigieg, though, I think had a really good answer. He said that there was generational theft that has divided our country. And what he meant by that is that because um, black people, the sins of slaves, have been kept down for so long, we have generations that have been denied our wealth, that we technically are the ones who who built it. So that was, I thought, okay, you're hitting on the head, but I don't know what the resolution is. Would that be something with the reparations or, or taking down barriers or whatever else? But he did have um, a really good answer for that. 
I have Amy Klobuchar. Uh, she said that when she was a DA that she ensured that police force had outside investigations. So she went again at it more from like the justice angle and taking care of the racial divide. And, and helping the with the innocence system. project to right. really go after right. people who were in, who suffered injustice at right. the hands of the systemic racism within the ju- judicial system. Right. So it seems like two of the candidates really want to attack the issues within the judicial system, which actually could do a, go a long way to help us, I mean, to help black and brown people, to be honest. Okay, I'm going to say this. You, ain't, you haven't mentioned a narc yet. Uh, oh, yes, I, I jumped right over her, and I actually have some, some notes on her, because she wanted to, oh, they went at her hard on this, and I was like, go get it. her, go get her. So go ahead, can we go ahead and talk about um, KH, which is... Um, okay, uh, first and foremost, people, Karen. tell me this. Is her name Kamala or Kamala? Because everyone can say, oh, Kamala. And Who said Kamala? They said Kamala. Few. No, uh, a lot of the, um, you know, I guess the WWE commentators were all... WWE. Oh, uh, I'm making a reference to how this was like the Super WrestleMania, and you oh. had all these announcers. Oh, and maybe it is. I don't know. It is Senator Harris. Just okay. go with that. <laughs> Sin Harris. Um, a biggest thing is I don't remember everything she said. I okay. just remember, I love some of the questions how they basically said she. Okay, she talked about oh legalizing marijuana, but she put a lot of people away for marijuana crimes as a prosecutor. And I love how she she had to stop and be like, let me be clear. She had to go Hillary on people, but she was trying not to. And I, I feel bad She's for you kind of like kind of the black a negative. Yes, <laughs> but I like that about her. But we like it and we don't like it because we know how it turned out two years ago. So no, exactly. But then she said she did inf- like enforce you know things in California with the body cams and all this other stuff. But in the end, you know. People will judge you by your actions, not by your words. So if your actions and you have history with the fact that you put more people away or a lot of people away as a prosecutor for dumb stuff like a nickel bag of weed or non, a brick of weed, you know, a lot of ridiculous non, non-violent crimes, crimes you are a part of the systemic racism within the system. True. And the commentator directly went at her like when you had the power why didn't you do more and that's going to be the question that she'll have a hard time overcoming so the last person talked about it was joe biden joe biden has the longest history with this kind of thing because he was around you know during civil rights before before civil rights so he's been around a long time so julian did point out joe is old yes joe is very very old um but he did have uh Sorry, I had to go back and look at my notes. He also was talking about the the prison justice system, and he said that, you know, when prisoners are released, they need to have a reinstatement of all their rights and be treated like a normal citizen. Um, Agreed. And so that also would do a lot to help with these longstanding issues that we have as well in the closure of for-profit prisons. So I could not disagree. All the ideas that all the candidates came up with are really great. Um, I think the best the most reasonable and longest lasting effects I think would be Joe Biden's idea would be um, because we have so many black and brown people who get stuck in the system that once they've done their time to just wipe it clean, let them go live their life. Well, he also mentioned about prisons no longer rehabilitate 
They just right, right. revolving doors. Exactly, exactly. So I remember back in the day, um, many years ago when I was a child, and I would hear about people I knew going, get locked up in their way. You know, they may come back with a college degree, and they'd be able to get a job or do something different when it got into the 90s. But then, you know, the whole for-profit prison came around, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. no one started to rehabilitate. They just Money needed makes you everything there. dirty. Oof, gross. And so... Yeah, Joe Biden did mention some other stuff about that. The thing I was kind of dumbfounded on, um, this whole thing about bringing the troops home. I know they were talking about the stuff with Afghanistan and not creating a vacuum, like what happened in Iraq when they left. Oh, right, right, right. I was a little, I mean, I kind of get it, but it's a little weird because I don't really care about this topic, not because of the people who are serving, I read. A I think paper. they brought it up because of Buttigieg's his service in the military, and that's probably why they brought it up. Well, I'm just I'm gonna say it like this, people: read a paper. Uh, it's a dissertation mm-hmm. called the World Chess Board, and mm-hmm. it's, it's published as a little book as well. It's an easy read, and it talks about str- the strategy of having, you know, like military bases right. where they are. Right. Why do you think? I mean, if you want to think about it, not go all conspiracy theories, and I'm gonna try to keep this short. Mm-hmm. Why did you think, oh, everyone said not to go into Iraq, but then Bush was like, I'm going to go get the evil dude, and he does it anyway. <laughs> and then he goes in. It was to basically for America to try to set up a presence within the Middle East. Why do you think um, they went into Afghanistan? Afghanistan is, a, is an easy route. you got poppy fields, and it's an easy route to get into China and Russia after that. Mm-hmm. So if you can set up a figurehead that is – allied with you you have a presence to put up a base where you are now a threat to that to those bigger powers long story short are you saying that we should just dig in our heels and just be in afghanistan for the near future i don't understand why we're still there i thought we got bin laden already yeah so what what are you saying you want us out or you want us to stay i mean you just know the whole thing about military bases i'm saying the reason why they're there is this is this it has no no noble reason is there's a political agenda with this oh gosh i'm not i'm not being conspiracy brother this is i I know i know but it's just you, you so you're saying we should get out i say we we don't have any reason there Okay, I say we stay, just like in Korea. So, but we have to stay because it, it sets up a presence, so there's not a power vacuum. I don't think after fighting the Taliban this long, we just go and hand the country back to them. Like it's ridiculous. No, but that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. I don't think we should be there because we're fighting as a what did they say a never-ending war. But we're still in Korea, so I don't see the. But Korea problem. is technically still at war. Okay, then. So is Afghanistan. Okay, anyways. That brings us to the next topic, which they discussed was gun violence. Which, you just keep going around and around and around about this. But, of course, they gave lots of props to Beto O'Rourke. I appreciate that because he went through a horrible time, what happened in El Paso. And I'm always shocked. And I did did some research. It was interesting. I mean, all the candidates basically, you know, they want gun licensing. They want to assault weapons ban. Beto was like, I'm just going to take your guns, you know, like any of your military style weapons. But see, my, what I found interesting, I did some research on my own. And, you know, my state of Texas, well, our state of Texas, does not usually have these school shootings or public shootings. It's very uncommon, actually, in Texas. And in the last Three years, 
since Trump won the presidency, since he won the election, it has shot up. We have had about five a year. And I'm, you know, maybe it's correlation without causation, you know, but I just wanted to point that out that now my state's gotten, I mean, it's gotten pretty ugly because I think because Texas is so brown, if you have some white nationalists or supremacists, they feel emboldened now to start attacking our native Texans, you know. So I feel this is one of the ugly results of what's going on in our society. Well, I would just say this. I actually agree with Beto, and I've said this, and I've even argued with friends and people, their associates, on Facebook with this because, well, who gives a hell about background checks? And the reason why I say who gives a hell, because I'm not trying to really curse, but the problem is you could do background checks. It's just like trying to have a pedophile at a school. You're, you're not a registered sex offender till you get caught. So you can have a clean record and be a nut job. So my whole thing is, no one. I don't care about trying to limit bullets in the clip. You should not have military-grade weaponry, period, if you are a civilian. And not even, and I mean, you could be retired military. You don't need it anyway because you're no longer in the service. Well, usually when you are a service member, your weapons do not come home with you. They no, exactly. At, they stay at work in the armory. But that's all I'm saying. I mean, what are you doing with... Um, you know, I forget uh, armor-piercing bullets. And who are you? Who are you? Like I asked this dude, who's he said he was retired military, and he was like, "I'd be damned if you take my weapons." But and he was like, "I will protect my house." What do you have that people want? What are you hiding in your house? A nuclear power plant. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, if the, the tesseract from. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> You got you got the Infinity Stones and a gauntlet in your house, mm-hmm. and you can do a snap, and you want to make sure people know. Exactly. But I'm just saying, what is that? And you shouldn't – why are you this afraid at your house? That is an issue within the American psyche that needs to be expunged. What are you so afraid of? It's called PTSD. That that That's what's going on there. Then but somebody we, we talked about this person, though, in a previous podcast. Yes, and you should mm-hmm. go check that show out. It was a couple of shows ago. I don't remember which number, but, yeah, go check it out. All right. So the next thing, now, honey, you can come in with the, the thing, uh, the, the guy from television, because now we, we got to immigration and how the U.S. is going to deal with immigration. Well, I felt no one answered this question properly. They did not. I was very angry. No one touched it. <laughs> No one no, even touched it. it. No, they, no, no. They, they, they touched it like they, they said no. what they wanted to say, and it was all wrong. <laughs> no, they touched it like they were dating their cousin on prom night. That's how they were touching that question. I mean, they asked about. Yeah, I know it was gross, and I'm just saying. I mean, Andrew Yang didn't really answer, but he did say that immigrants can be used as capital because you know he is an immigrant. No, he's not. I mean, you know what I'm saying. His parents is a product of immigrants. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And and so is Julian Castro. So they also were like, you know, immigrants can be valuable to our country and our society. Absolutely. But they. But that didn't answer the question. It did not. (laughs) This is the way you deal with the immigration problem. Uh huh. I mean, okay. First of all, what is 
the immigration problem. That was what they were trying to suss out because they went and attacked Joe saying that, oh, when Obama was president, we had the most deportations, and do you support that, and would you support that again? And Joe should have said, yes, because when you are here illegally, you will be deported. That's what happens. <laughs> well, see, the whole issue that I'm trying to say is that this the immigration problem isn't necessarily a problem. It is a, 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 a system failure. Thank you. It's a system failure because there is an agenda. We always talk about how racism is the butt of every issue. Yes, so, going back to that racial divide topic. <laughs> so if there's racial divide, if someone from an allied nation, if you will, that has money, it doesn't take much for them to get a visa, a student visa or whatever. But if you're brown and from a less, you're not as high on the invitation list if you will it takes you forever to do it and so that's why they're trying to change that they want the asylum laws changed you know person uh, prosecuting uh asylum cities or whatever they call them sanctuary cities the issue is that the system is failing the people who want to come some people have to wait years just to get a student visa. Then you're like twenty, you're like twenty years your senior trying to get back in the U. Um, university. It's, there's an issue with that, and so when you have people who are actually moving on foot through countries, I'm not talking about. They're not just Mexicans. There are Central Americans, uh, Northern Southern Americans that walk through Panama, Guatemala, Honduras, all that stuff to get to the border to ask for asylum there should be a way to vet and speed up the process right so the solution i think is as i mean joe kind of touched on it is we are we not separate families we did not lock them in cages we did not imprison them if they, if people have overstayed their visas they will be deported humanely people should be able to apply for visas in the countries of origin and we should consider that and i also think that when someone's visa has expired and they've been denied a renewal once or twice the judge they need to say why they are denied because i was listening to this woman who just didn't want to go back to ecuador she had come she was legally here she was working and then her thing came up and they wouldn't renew it even though she was already working she had a child in the u.s with her husband she they, they were homeowners you know so i said you know there is if what was the reason for her denial you know in my opinion i think it was just being nasty because someone has established a home I think that that should be of higher consideration than someone who's just hanging out, you know, just seasonally working the, the fruit fields, which is fine. Those people can come and go each season as, as they wish, you know, but someone who has committed to being in the States, have, has learned the language, has had their children here, I think that they should be considered to have that permanent residency. I don't understand why they'll be denied and not given a reason. And I still say this. It, it should work out as such as this. Because I I am now migrated to not one but two countries. Yes, we are immigrants. <laughs> and understanding how visas and the process works, there should be something easier. Especially so, like if how Mies and I we're here in this country and we continue to work for our jobs and right. we have a kid. Right. You know, I mean, so we can't get permanent residence here, but. We have a visa that Actually, says. Actually, we can't. We can't get citizenship. Oh, that's what I'm. I'm yeah, sorry. Permanent Confused those two. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. But yeah. So. Um, but I think that it's easier for us here because, like I said, you know, we have jobs, we have employer, we have established a home, all these things. We don't want to become 
permanent citizens at this time. But the people that they are denying in the U.S., they do want to become Americans. And I think it's really unfair that they're not given that opportunity if they are already performing that role. You know what I mean? Like they're already good citizens in the No, that's what I'm saying. There should be something to to expedite that situation if – so like the lady that was from Ecuador and she had a family, kids, whatever, and she she had a steady job. But then just because her visa ran out – there should be a process, just like if I was in Korea, because you were there still working, and I'm your husband. I should be able, when I do come there on a, um, when I'm coming back on a um, visitor's visa, to go to the immigration office and be able to change it. Just like yeah. um, a guy told me once before about his dad being from one of the, the African nations, mm-hmm. and he was trying to figure out, like back in the 70s, how do I get to be a citizen here or stay here? And one of the guys on the African guys on the boat said, well, just don't get on back on the boat. And so he purposely missed his boat and ended up walking directly to a immigration office and applied for a green card. Yeah. And he ends up getting it. He had to get a job and all this other stuff. And he got his green card and he was there for years, had a whole family and got married. Yeah. So I, it needs to, they need to fix the problems all in all. But I think that, um, Joe should have stood by Obama's record because his deportations were not cruel, but they were necessary. You know, that that's just how it happens. And they, they prioritized deporting people who had not been in the country that long so that it would be easier, easier for them to repatriate to their home countries. They were not going after people who've been in the U.S. 20, 25, 30 years. They were going to people who've been here like three months. And that should and Joe had the opportunity to clarify that and say that he would stand by that because he does need to show that he will – uh, was, uphold the law because that is what the executive branch has to do. Well, that was the only thing that Julian got right by attacking him. Yeah, that was that the only true. thing. That is true. Yeah, because he he always wants to be. Oh, you know, I, I was I was vice president with Obama. We're good friends. When it looks good, but when it's something that may look negative, he backs away from. But he also needs to be. We need to treat the Hispanic vote, like they're not just all one thing and they all just want open borders, because that's not true. A lot of Hispanic and Latino Americans do not want us to throw open the, the border let everybody come uh, and in. And hell, I could tell you from experience from talking with many individuals uh, from the Hispanic, Latino descent, they don't want open borders. They're like, hell, send them back. Yeah, so like in your They're talking about guns and all that crap. You need to address them intelligently you know and be and just and that, that was a missed opportunity from all the candidates i think the other topics they touched on were uh the trade deal the natural natural disaster relief i kind of um wasn't too interested in any of those and out the final touch. topic i mean it's not out of touch they have to they have to talk about these for some people it matters a lot because there are farmers and there are shop owners and business owners who oh, the trade deals affect but since we're in the UAE, none of this stuff affects me. So, so I kind of was like, whatever. But then the last thing they t- they went to was education, which was very important to a lot of people in the audience as they were at a university. And one of the things that is crushing the millennial generation is that student loan debt. So now they were able to discuss real ways that they would assist with that. And that's, that's where I uh, came back in. Actually, I totally zoned out on that. Um, it because just, Khalif doesn't care. Khalif is not um, – he is not drowning in student loan debt. Well, I have my student loan debt, but it, this is a problem. You're not drowning. 
And no, I'm not drowning because I've been paying it back for years. Yeah, but it Just was also very things. reasonable. Some students. Well, no, no, no. Here's who the go thing. the medical school route. It's it's. I'm insane. not I'm not picking on them because I understand that's not my fault that the medical school is up the anus. You got to sell a kidney to get you know tuition. I'm just trying to say this. Individuals, I mean, just like any loans that you get, you got to be responsible and choose the route. If you know that you're going to go that the medical route and it's expensive, you got to stick to your guns and, you know, ride that thing till the wheels fall off. And if you don't, understand that you do have to pay what you borrow back. That's the good Christian thing. It's in the good book. Um, Regardless, it we do know that the Department of Education has been hijacked by a bunch of greedy greedy <laughs> i put grubby and greedy together so well, greedy people with um they have ulterior motives and they're conflict trying to of interest that's what i'm trying to say the grad the millennials dry of every last penny they can and it's just not right it's not right it is they they are predatory lending practices that have been happening and i know khalif i disagree with this but i just in my heart of hearts, I believe, just like Elizabeth Warren did, if we can bail out the banks, the banks, <laughs> for 0% interest, we could cut some of these millennials a break so they can help with the economy and well, get the economy running again. Well, I do <laughs> agree with what Elizabeth Warren said because, well, here's the problem. And I would say this before we close up. Oh, well, now I have a few more points. Oh, I'm just saying before we close this point, here's the issue. Like when Elizabeth Warren, they, how old is she? I mean, her cute I, ass. I, I don't know. My mommy's age. Oh, okay. Like well, 60s, I, mean, I think. She Elizabeth Warren, I mean, she's a brilliant young woman, and she had a great stu- young woman. She's a brilliant woman who basically had, you know, she had to hustle to get where she is. And I respect that hustle. And here's the thing. We keep talking about, like, why here's why is the cost of education keep going up? I mean, there is inflation. Because when she mentioned when she was in her day, she can go to work and pay 50 bucks at University of Houston and get like a class or two. No, that actually was her tuition for the semester was $50. Oh, well, see, that's what I'm saying. Now, what was that, 19 what? Who knows? I don't know. But I'm just using this for an <laughs> but example. But it, it has exploded because I do remember like when I Not all the professors college. are putting out papers. Oh, excuse me? No, I'm talking about when I was in college – there, I knew some people who they were now um, working or whatever, and they had gone to college in the 80s. And I'm going to college 20 years later. And 20 years later, it's costing thousands upon thousands, 20000 25000 plus a term. But in the 80s, it was more like $200. So it, it was – there has been a significant inflation that has gone above and beyond the, the growth of the economy. And that has been the problem, and that's what a lot of the candidates touched on, that why is it – like that but that's not the issue either because Elizabeth Warren said that they would like wipe the student loan debt and she wants to improve teacher unions because she was a teacher um Kamala Harris she had a great idea um to fund teachers education and get more federal dollars to HBCUs because she did talk about and I think Peter Buttigieg the same that it's very important for students to see teachers of different minority backgrounds that represent what they are, and it inspires them to not only finish high school but go on to college and so forth. Was that? Oh, that was Corey. I, that, I, was that was Kamala. <laughs> that was Senator I thought, Harris. I thought, I thought that was Mimi. I took notes. Okay, whatever. Pete just echoed the same thing. 
Oh, I, I remember him because I think I turned on when she started talking. She starts to sound like Sheila Jackson Lee to me. Uh, one of them did refer to her. Um, I think that was Cory Booker. I think so too. But regardless, I do think that there should be something done about the student loan, the predatory lending, reducing the interest rates, things like that, because, again, you can purchase a home for 3% interest, but your student loan interest is at almost 7%. So that's just, I know we got to get our priorities straight where we want the country to go, because the minute you take some way some of that debt the millennials are carrying that generation will be able to carry forward for the retiring generation and will be able to put more in social security medicare and medicaid and all these other programs that everybody wants but you cannot pay for that if you're still paying back your student loan and that's pretty much it's just logic it makes sense and andrew yang also is in support of that well i am i will stand clear stand I, clear no i mean not stand clear i will um stand on this I am in support of some sort of program to help student loans and teachers, especially with the teacher situation. Because here's the problem. There is a, I mean, there is a bigger situation with education Mm -hmm. because teachers are only lasting within the first five years. I think we touched on that. And I know I'm not going to get into Mm -hmm. that. They can go back and listen to that podcast Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But we got to figure out a way people, and I just, I feel like people feel trapped. And the way the the way the setup is ran, and it is scary, and you can feel trapped. And I have a solution, and I hope that one of the candidates will listen and hear this, because we are getting we're going into a doctor shortage for general practitioners, GPs. We're going to need them to support any of these healthcare initiatives that they have. So my solution is we offer free education for general practitioners, for general physicians, and free education for teachers and that will give you what you need well see here's the other problem with that you're we're saying free for teachers right but where's the incentive to make sure that they go into teaching it would like like they already have those teacher grants it'll be set up like that the same with the physicians oh okay so the grant that becomes a loan just in case you don't go yeah, that route. the grant that becomes a loan if you do not fulfill it Okay, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, that was the debate. So I don't know uh, if you if you watched it, who you're who you're with, if it changed your mind. Um, but please, you know, email us at friendlyfire at crusade dot net or leave a comment for this podcast about anything that you know. Who are you supporting? Why did the debates change your mind? You know, things like that. Um, Overall, I've been thinking really hard about this. So on the final note, Khalif, who do you think run, won the debate? Wow, you're throwing this at me? I am. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll let you think about it while I, I would talk. Say, oh, okay, go ahead. Okay, well, I know who lost. No, no, we're not talking about who lost. Okay. Who do you think won? No, no, I, that's what I was going to talk about, who lost. Okay, you thought who about lost? Who won. Well, of course, I think Julian Castro, I think that that's it oh, for got, his candidacy. He got, he got the crap end of the stick because he went. But then also, maybe that is racism, too. Because <laughs> Why? Because the brown person tried to pull a white man's card, and all of a sudden, the rules don't apply to him. Excuse so if, me? Yeah. Okay, look. Trump is a Cheeto. But and we're he not pulled that, in Trump. Trump's no, no, no. on the other I'm side of the aisle. We're look, not at that I'm, yet. It's not quid pro quo. Uh, whatever. <laughs> 
with Popo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Popo talk about racism. Mr. Popo. Yeah. Okay, Trump is able to pull that out, right, and attack individuals. And I understood what Julian was trying to do. Yes. But, yeah, showing your how sharp your teeth is without how sharp your wit is is ugly. And that really – he lost it there. But mm-hmm. – also, I think who's also who's trailing right behind him is Kamala. Yeah, I wasn't because too impressed. A lot of her answers were terrible. Mm. She um, she really didn't. I feel like we're taking out all the minority contestants. Well, also, I would say this. Although, I, I don't think she lost a lot. I think she still has, her candidacy still has a fine chance, which needs to be very clear, stick to her points. And don't apologize for what she did because she's under. I mean, maybe it is the truth, and I'm sure it is that she she hurts. had she had to work within what she had at the time. You know, you can't one prosecutor take down an entire system. So she needs to be honest with the people about that. I did exactly. what I could within the confines of what I was allowed to do. Well, that's what she started saying towards the end. But she she had her little salty attitude going with it. She just needs to lead the attitude. And just talk straight. Like, I wish I was able to do, you know, she did look guilty. But they got to understand this is how politics work. And politics change. There's a sea change. And just be clear about that and just be honest. Take some of that, you know, because she felt very, um, she came across very defensive. Just take that away and just be really honest with the people. And just, you know, I wish I could have done more. Okay. Here's somebody um, who came across in the middle. He came out lukewarm. Beto O'Rourke. But I love my Beto. I'm just saying he came out. <laughs> he he didn't. He okay. He didn't really come out as. I uh, wish he had taken out Cruz. He should have, but that's not the point. I know. He um he just did not. I mean, he had very good points, and I think the debate stopped him on "We'll take your guns" because they quickly got away from that. But um, before, but anything else. I mean, he's been singing the same song since he was running for senator. So, I mean, that's not any difference, and I like him. But I think he came out lukewarm. Now, um, I think Cory Booker is I'm I'm okay out of the rest. He's fascinating. The Biden fascinated with him for a long time. I think he's very interesting. Um, He has some really good points. So you think he's top three or four? Um, He's in my Um, top. uh, He's in my top four. He's very controlled. He's very well researched. He's very I, I mean, he, I, I do like him. I really Although he do. did shy away from a lot of the answers and gave not a lot. I mean, he not wasn't a lot. really given a, a lot of opportunity to say too much, and yeah. that's the problem. We have so many people on debate stage. So hopefully, we get to narrow this field even more before the next time. Um, I think he'll make the cut. I, I do think he'll. He'll make, make the cut, the cut. Mm-hmm. Cory Booker, especially because he's tall, so tall. So he's like a giant. Poor little Pete. Um, like, I think. Um, yeah, he looked like a hobbit. I think poor little Pete. It, what is his name? Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Okay. Yeah, he's gone. I mean, President Buttigieg. That's very difficult to say. Sorry, Pete. Sorry, Mayor Pete. No, he's gone. <laughs> he's he's just gone. None of that other stuff is gonna help him. Um, Joe Biden still might be in it, but. I don't know why people think he's the strongest contender. He hasn't done much to impress me. I do like Joe. I don't believe Joe is a racist. I think he's a good person. He's a great public servant. He, he He's, he's pl- very pleasant. I, I love Joe. But at and the same time, I'm just like, why is he considered the, the one to beat? Because, because him against Trump, I don't think 
it's not it's him against Trump is not it's not going to work. Yeah. Here's the problem. Biden is top. I mean, he's the top candidate he's because he's traditional. Right. Well, one, you could pronounce his name, Joe Biden. Well, true. Um, second, he he, he, he hung out with the cool kid. <laughs> Right. He, Who's like the new, the Reagan for Democrats. Oh, that was the funny thing about the debate, how they were like, and Obama this and Obama that. So President Obama has become like the Democratic Party's Ronald Reagan. Like he is, he's already been idolized, you know, which and is so, really funny. And so I got, I got Biden, uh, the woman from Minnesota. She's actually a good person to settle on because she's right in the middle and she's really reasonable, but she's also a woman. So that could be helpful. Um, I won't say any. I don't think anyone's candidacy is completely done at this point, except no, for maybe Julian. Possibly, if possibly Andrew Yang, because Andrew Yang barely made it into this one, and it's still really hard to understand how that freedom dividend is going to work. I listened to a whole podcast with him explaining it, and I'm still confused. So I'm, I wouldn't even count Andrew he's Yang. He's very smart, and I would love to see him in the administration as probably the the, uh, the finance minister uh, oh my god they don't have they don't have ministers in the in the US uh, the department treasury. of finance the treasury thank you like uh, what you call him job uh, Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton yes cuz he's very Hamilton. he is very smart he knows the economy he knows about investing he knows business i do like Andrew Yang he's very he's so, a great guy for that so i think my top 4 is going to be the woman from Minnesota Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar, whatever her name is. <laughs> Klobuchar. Um, Cory Booker, Joe Biden. Um, Beto is gonna be. He's like I'm saying. Well, I'm just four. saying top four. That's it. Then you done. I don't. I don't know. I don't even remember the rest. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how bad it is. I mean, I know Kamala, but I'm like, I think she's almost done. It's hard for me to say who won because they did. Um, they. All got chance to get their their points, but surprisingly, I didn't know who Amy Klobuchar really was before this, and this, it's a great win for her candidacy because now I do, and I think that 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 was what was really different this time. So I also I have no clue who won. I do have my favorites, and I I just wish that we could have, I don't know, we'll just have to see. We'll just uh, Bernie didn't get a lot of in because he has suffering from a sore throat um, because he does a lot of campaigning. But hopefully we'll get to hear more. I would love to hear what he has to say about dealing with the racial dwarfs and uh, what he'll do about education. So. Oh, and I'll just throw and okay, I'm gonna add in my I'm gonna slide in my fifth spot, Bernie. Although I don't like him, don't care for him. He I think he's great. Like I still don't support Bernie. I just he is I a bit radical. It's not about him being radical. I just I don't. I don't want Medicare for all. No, not Medicare for and all. And I don't want free education for all. Free education for everybody? No. Hell no. <laughs> I vote the damn bill. But I do think that he shouldn't be exed out just because of his age. I, not I at all. Be, I'm not exing him out for that. No, I just don't. We can have an old president. We just have to have a young VP. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they need to get what just is name? Buttigieg. Yeah, there you go. We, we have Buttigieg be be the VP, his little checkmate if if need be. Um, but I had a good time watching it though. It is three hours. A lot of people don't have time for that. So next time, hopefully, it'll be shorter and less candidates. And on that note. If if you want to leave a five star review and whatever podcast please listening thing that you list that you're using to find us, please do so that it keeps us high up in the ratings. Also, you can always email us and contact us at crusade.net and friendlyfire at crusade.net. And those 
email addresses are on the website. We love to hear your comments. You can Please visit the website, crusade.net, with the K. Yeah, because it's crusade with a K, and if it's spelled any other way, it's not as fun. Uh-huh, and with that, I am your girl, Jamise, bringing to you that political stuff. That sounds really bad. I had another word of political, but whatever. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I was trying to do, like, a really good outro, but I'm actually, we work today, so now my brain is no longer functioning. So I just came out as, like, the lame teacher. Sorry, guys. And I am your boy, Camille. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time.